for the Six Out Culture podcast. This time, it'll only be myself and Danny because Rochelle was unable to make it. But what's going on, Dan? You good? Not much. I'm just excited for tomorrow's match. Uh, coming off a big 3 0 win against Turkey, and looking forward to uh, see if Italy uh, becomes the first team to uh, put this ass into the uh, knockout stages. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been a fun Euro so far. It's great to see a lot of uh, Steady App players coming away with the Man of the Match Award. And uh, quickly, before we get further into the podcast, we'd like to send our deepest uh, just prayers and thoughts towards Ericsson and his family. Obviously, uh, anyone that's close to football and uh, the Euros obviously knows what took place and transpired. So uh, we're just keeping them in our thoughts and prayers and hoping for the best. Uh, it's good to see he's doing well now. So that's always a good sign, and uh, hopefully he gets back to where he was, and yeah, everything just turns out well for him. It was a very sad moment in football. I know it took a lot of people back, and uh, it was great to see everyone come together and wish him well and uh, stand behind him and make him feel better. I saw that uh, he put out a post on Instagram thanking all the fans, and uh, I'm sure it meant a lot to him to see all the support he's been receiving throughout these last few days. So, uh, yeah, big, big, big. Uh, just, just sending support away to Eric's and his family. It's, it's yep. the most we can do. Obviously, uh, none of us can reach him directly, but, uh, we all come together on social media and just show our presence and our support. And I'm sure it'll mean the world to him as it, as he showed that it has. He's mentioned it. So, uh, yeah, we just want to get that out of the way quick because obviously we know it's at the top of everyone's mind still and we're all kind of shook up still. But, uh, now that we mentioned that, uh, Italy on Friday, they defeated Turkey 3 nothing. Dan, I'm sure you're over the moon. Uh, I was with you, so I know you're over the moon. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's riled up. All the boys were watching together. We had a couple friends over uh, all at Danny's house. So, yeah, it was a great time. Euro's always a great time to get uh, eat some food, watch some calcio. While your, uh, your friends are all supporting the same team for once. So we're not uh, going against each other this time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was great. And getting into the match, uh, we're really going to break it down here and give our thoughts on the whole performance. Uh, quickly, uh, I'll start off here. I thought it was a great performance. Uh, when you watch the first half, you are worried. Uh, when you watch the match, at least, you're like, okay, Turkey does not look like they'll be letting up anytime soon. Their defense was astonishing. They were locked down, compact. It was very hard to break them. In that first half, the only really chances that really came from Italy were from Spinazzola. He was, well, he did win man of the match at the end. But especially that first half, our only player really doing anything was Spinazzola, uh, going forward at least. The defense didn't really have much to do. But uh, as always, Bonucci, Chiellini, those guys, you know how they are. They, they're the heart and soul of Italy. And they have been for years now. So it's great to see them do well together. But, um, yeah, once halftime came, you're hoping Mancini would make some changes. And I think most of the changes came from Turkey, to be honest, because... They started attacking more. They came out in the second half with a sense of urgency. They tried to win the game. And I think that was the worst thing they could have done because that opened them up at the back. And we took advantage of it. Spinazzola continued to batter them down the wing. Insigne was getting into it. Uh, Immobile was, uh, had some great hold-up play moments and uh, was causing trouble in the box, always in the right spot. Uh, but Ardi obviously had a couple errors, but he did some great things as well with... Uh, with the goal when he intercepted it, there's so many things you can look at. Barella, workhorse on match as always. Uh, Lucatelli looked shaky, but uh, he grew into the match as it went on. 
just everyone started waking up. Diorenzo I really liked when he came on for Florenzi, who uh, went out at halftime injured. Diorenzo looked really good. He looked lively. Uh, Jorginho, who in my opinion, after Spina, was probably the, the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, he was really dictating the tempo, and uh, everything was going through him. So it was great to see Jorginho really take that role and continue it, like we've been seeing for the past couple of years now. And, uh, yeah, just overall, I'm very happy with the performance. And hopefully we can keep it up. You know, two more games in the group stage to go. We got Switzerland and we got Wales. So hopefully we can do well in those ones. But, Dan, how did you feel about the game? Yeah, no, like the first half, um, it was kind of like nerv- uh, nervous moments for us and uh, kind of frustrating as well because of the way Turkey was playing. Uh, they were just having, t- you could say they had the whole team back uh, trying to defend the Italian attack and potentially catch them on the counterattack. Um, in the second half, as the half grew on, I started getting more confidence because of the way Italy was playing. They were dominating possession. They were dominating in the chances. Um, in the first half, Spinozola and Insigne, for me, were the deadliest players on the pitch. Uh, they were causing the most problems for Turkey. Uh, Insigne had a few chances uh, in the first half where he missed one shot. There was one chance that he missed inches by the post. Uh, so then as the half grew on and as the half ended, um, I went upstairs and my dad goes, Italy just need one goal. And if they can get one goal, they, they Turkey will open up and then Italy will get two more. And I go, dad, I, I know, I, I can see it too, just the way it is. Italy just need that one goal from anywhere in the pitch. And then this game will be wide open. And surely enough, Berardi uh, crossed it in and Demiral uh, goaled it. And that gave Italy confidence. And then that opened up Turkey even more. And Italy popped in two goals. So it was a very well performance uh, by the Azuri. I was excited, uh, especially when Insigne scored. Uh, for me, it was kind of like an emotional goal as well. It's the first time I've seen uh, a Napoli player score in a big tournament in, I guess, probably a while. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, I don't think, like, who plays for Italy, obviously. So. It was kind of emotional for me to see Insigne score on the biggest stage. Uh, and just the way the team played in the second half was unbelievable. Uh, Jorginho, for me, was the second best player in the pitch, obviously behind Spinozola, who was absolutely amazing that game. Uh, Jorginho showed why uh, he's a starter at Chelsea. He was dictating the play, controlling the tempo, cool as a cucumber, you can say. Uh, so he was outstanding. Barella was. He wasn't himself, Barella, but he was still good. He was still a factor for us. Immobile played very well. He got the assist on the Insigne goal, and he got the uh, tap-in on the Spinozola chance to put Italy up 2 nothing. And for me, the game-changer, well, you could say one of the game-changers, was when Di Lorenzo came in. Florenzi wasn't as great uh, as a lot of people expected, but for me, when Di Lorenzo came in, he played phenomenal. He played very well. Got to the attack, got into the attack early on, defend well, made some night key tackles, key interceptions. Uh, he for me, he he deserves to start against Switzerland, but we'll see what Mancini does. And the one thing I love to see, and then I know this is a small thing, but when Kellini made a huge tackle, I I, I believe it was on it was either Under or Yozai, the striker for Turkey, and he celebrated like he just scored like a goal. So that for oh, me yeah. that was amazing yeah, to see. That. And uh, it was a good, it's a, it was a perfect way to start the tournament for this early. Now we just have to 
keep our heads up and keep the momentum rolling to uh, tough Switzerland sides who who uh, prove that they can uh, cause trouble in the back and especially with Mbala with this guy when he's on this guy's uh could be a game changer for them. Yeah, yeah, well said, Dan. Um, three nothing against Turkey, obviously the scoreline and. Three goals getting past the best defense in the qualifiers, I believe, statistically, is very impressive to start off a tournament. So, uh, yeah, well done to the Azuri. They stayed focused and still a long way to go, but it's a very good start. So that's good to see. Also, something I want to bring up, Spina. We mentioned him a few times here already. He played very well, man of the match. Do we think he can continue to play this big role in the squad for the rest of the tournament? In my opinion, I think... He can because, uh, obviously, I'm a Roma fan, like everyone knows. And I've seen him do this every match for Roma. When he doesn't play, I know Roma fans, like, you know what I'm talking about. When Spina doesn't play, our attack is close to useless. Uh, they don't know what to do. Almost every attack starts from Spina. We give it to him. He works his magic down the line. He either plays it in inside the box, top of the box. He'll find uh, just whoever's near him, Mickey or Pellegrini or anyone. But most of our attacks start from Spina, and I've seen him do this over a span of not 38 games, obviously, because he was injured a few times and didn't play every game, but basically a span for 25 to 30 games. I've seen him do the same thing at the same level and uh, be one of the best players on the pitch. So I think it's maintainable, but how about you, Dan? Do you think Spina can keep this up for the rest of the tournament? For me, well, I think he can, yeah, I think he can. Um Will he be the man of the match uh, player he was against Turkey? That I don't know, and I hope so because the way he played against Turkey, I haven't seen great left back play like that from the team I support since Prime Gulam, and that was <laughs> a few years ago. And for me, Spinazzola, the way he plays, he reminds me of how Gulam would play in his prime, like just absolutely amazing. And you can say he's one of the most underrated left backs in world football. You can say. He's actually like he's a very good left back who can do both. He's got good defending ability and he's got good attacking ability. And if he can continue the way he play he played against Turkey throughout the tournament, our left side could be one of the most deadliest left sides in this tournament. And it, it is I I personally believe it could be, regardless of uh the way they played against Turkey. I think they just the way they are, the chemistry they have together. Uh, they're just a deadly duo between Insigne and Spinozola. And if they could continue to play like they can, uh, look out because Italy's left side is something that will cause a lot of defense problems. And personally, it starts with Spinozola and it ends with uh, Insigne because of the way these, the quality that these, both these players have and just the chemistry that they're, that's growing between them is unbelievable. And, yeah, I personally think Spinozola can uh, continue this, um, you could say, this form into the Euros. And if he can, then it's going to be a huge boost uh, for the Azuri's attack and also the defense. Yeah, and I like what Mancini does there as well. What I noticed during the game was when Spina would go up on his runs, you would see Locatelli drop back to, not left back, but basically left back in that position, in that area. And then you'd see Insigne move a little bit more central while Spina's there on the wing uh, to give him an option. And they keep rotating throughout the match when you go up. So I really like to see that because obviously when a left back goes so high up, you're going to be exposed uh, defensively. But uh, my team did a good job to shift everyone around to ensure that there was no gaps and uh, openings for a counterattack for Turkey. So 
Yeah, I think um, I think Spina can definitely keep that up. Man of the match obviously is difficult, especially for a left back to win man of the match. is very hard to win uh, man of the match for a left back. So I can't see that happening every game, obviously. But um, playing near this level, I definitely can because yeah. I have seen it for almost two years now. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see Spina continue to work his magic and uh, help the squad go far in the tournament. Now, someone else I want to bring up, uh, Immobile. Obviously, the number nine spot, everyone's been talking about it for years now. And against Turkey, he played well. Do we think it's maintainable? Uh, for myself, I think it is. I don't think what he did against Turkey, maybe it's me being arrogant, I don't think it's too difficult to replicate. I think he did everything simple, and it's all he needs to do. And I think that's all yeah. Belotti would have to do, or anyone that plays number nine spot. They kept it simple. He was in the right areas at the right time. He finished his chance there uh, off the Spina rebound. He was in the right position to get there. Uh, the pass he made to Insigne, I think it's another very simple ball. If he could just hold up the play and finish the chances, that's all we need from Immobile. We don't need nothing else. And I think yeah. it is maintainable. Um, the finishing we've seen with Immobile, uh, it can go up and down. But the hold up play, I think we should be able to see the rest of the tournament. But yeah, the finishing, you know, with every striker, it's up and down. With him especially, we've seen in the past. But uh, if he can keep up his finishing, uh, we can be a very, very scary team because I think we have a chance to win the Euros without a number nine. With a number nine, it's going to be tough to beat us if he can keep that up. Yeah, it's if he can keep up a goal a game or an an assist a game or like he did against Turkey, both uh, will be a scary side. And even if he's not scoring or assisting, just being in the right place, drag defenders out of the yeah. position, make them scared, uh, just just being in the right place at the right time, even that's good enough. You, you just can't have a drop-off. You played well against Turkey, we can't still drop-off against Switzerland. That's the worst thing that could happen. So, Dan, what do you think? Can uh, Immobile maintain it? Yeah, I personally can. I think he can. Uh, I even said before, too, uh, I think on the last podcast, I said he just needs to play good. He doesn't need to score goals. Uh, he just needs to play good, link up the play with Insigne or Barrio Chiesa and just and the, the team around him. And then if he does have a chance, if he scores that, for me, he's done his job. And I, I feel like Immobile can. Uh, will he score six goals in the tournament? I doubt it. I, I think it's very hard uh, for anyone to score six goals in a European tournament unless you go to the finals and you might have a chance. But... For me, I think if Immobile can play the way he did against Turkey, Italy will go far in the tournament. I think Italy do have a good chance, even like you said, without a number nine. But if Immobile can play like Immobile can, then you can consider you have to be scared of Italy and maybe even see them. I can even see them winning the finals uh, if Immobile can play well. I said for me, for me, the attack needs to play well as much as the midfield and the defense because you can't win soccer games if you can't score. So Italy scoring three goals against Turkey, amazing. That right there checks off what I want to see with a, uh, what I want to see in the team. I want to see goals. I want to see good style of football, and I want to see clean sheets. Clean sheets, um, it's a little harsh, but for me, the opposing team can't win if they can't score. So that's how I see it, and unless it goes to penalty shots, but that's different. Uh, but for me, immobility is a key factor for our attack. And if he can play like Immobile can, then uh, I feel like Italy have a good chance to uh, make it far. Yeah. No, yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, it's very hard to 
uh, go against that argument. If uh, Immobile keeps us up, it will be a very scary side, which we already are, and we've shown that for a couple of years now, since 2018. And, yeah, I'm excited for this uh, the remainder of the Euros. Obviously, now we have Switzerland and Wales coming up. Uh, Switzerland tomorrow, Wales on Sunday. Our next pod would be on the Monday, so uh, we'll be recapping those two games. But uh, before we end off, I know it's a short pod, obviously, because uh, number one is only myself and Danny today. So we're losing uh, for Ches little rants he has there. <laughs> but uh, He may have uh, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, some opinions he might throw in there. Uh, for Ches, always a good time on here, and we're missing that right now. But uh, also, we're used to covering 10 games. Now we're covering one. So it's difficult to make up the time. But uh, we're going to hope and try to get at least a 20-minute mark for you guys. Nice little pod uh, breaking down everything. But, yeah, Switzerland tomorrow. I'm excited and confident, to be honest. I'm not too worried. Um, maybe I should be more worried because, obviously, when you're playing a team that has the best players from the whole country on one side, it's never easy. No national team is easy to defeat by any means. Uh, they may sit back. They may have pace on winning the counter. You're like, every team is different. They all have their way of winning. And like I said, when you're playing at 11 full of the best players in one country, it's never an easy task. But yeah. I'm confident. Switzerland is a good team. They do have guys like Shakiri who's been there for a while. Uh, Granit Xhaka, Freuler from Atalanta, who we're very aware of. We see him uh, every week. But uh, I'm excited to see Xhaka, obviously, the Roma fan. But right now that doesn't matter because we need the Azuri to win at any cost. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think tomorrow might be an uglier win than we saw on Friday. I don't see Switzerland pushing much, uh, pushing up as much as Turkey did. I think if they're smart, uh, they're going to see what Turkey did in the first half and try and replicate it. I think most teams will do that against us. Just sit back and get us on the counter. Don't push up too much because that's where we thrive right now. But, uh, I don't know. I really don't care how we look in the win. That does not matter to me. I just want to win. one nothing, 2 nothing, 2-1, 3-2. I don't care. Let's get the win. But uh, we should be able to. I'm confident. I do think we will win. Yeah. What do you think about Switzerland, Dan? Yeah, for me, uh, I was watching the Switzerland and the Wales game. Uh, for me, Switzerland, they do look good going forward, um, especially with Mbalo. He... For me, he could be a key factor for them. Uh, so the Azuri, especially Kalini Benucci, they have to watch out because this guy brings pace. He's pretty physical on the ball, and he can make things happen by winning aerial duels. Uh, for me, the weakness for Switzerland I, is in the defense. I feel like the Azuri's attack, if they can play like they did against Turkey, I feel like we can break them down, especially with the likes of Insigne and uh, Spinozola. And Baradi, too, he needs to... For me, he needs to improve on the performance against Turkey. Uh, I did not like the way he played in the first half against Turkey. He was making too many mistakes, and he was giving the ball away cheaply. But he made up for it by uh, intercepting the ball and uh, scoring and providing, you could say, the assist to the own goal. Uh, so these guys need to be good. And on midfield, everyone who plays in that midfield has to be good. Uh, Locatelli, he needs to have a better game than he did against Turkey. Barella needs to play like Barella. Jorginho needs to play like Jorginho. So I feel like if those guys can play like they can, I feel like Italy uh, could come away with the three points. Um, I'm confident in the Azuri because uh, I like the way they've been playing as of late and I like the way uh, Mancini has set them up. 
it's going to be interesting to see who starts that right back because uh, reports say that uh, Florenzi will miss the game. So, and I see a few reports saying that he might prefer Toloi to Di Lorenzo. So for me, that's very interesting. Uh, as much as I love Di Lorenzo, uh, I don't know why Mancini would start Toloi uh, over Di Lorenzo. Di Lorenzo played very well in the Turkey game. He provided a lot of, uh, you could say he pushed up a lot, provided a few crosses into the box, won the ball, did what a right back is supposed to do. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting match. I think it's going to be an Italy if they do get the win. I think it will be like a scrappy maybe 1-0 win or maybe a 2 nothing win. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting tomorrow's match. And uh, hopefully the Israeli can uh, pull through and make it to the knockout stages. Yeah. And Wales as well. Um, what are you expecting from these two games then? Yeah, uh, for Wales, um, it all depends on tomorrow. I feel like if the Israeli find a way to... Uh, they top the group because I feel like if Wales and Turkey tie, Italy will uh, advance to the knockout stages. So that Wales match might not mean much. Uh, hopefully it doesn't. Uh, hopefully we can see a lot of these like guys, like say like Chiesa, Berdeski or something like just like get these guys in, get the buys in, just in case we need them through the knockout stages. Uh, but if that Wales match does mean something, um, I expect them to be. I expect Wales to be the easiest match out of the three teams. Uh, for me, they, I wasn't really impressed with them. They got their goal on the set piece, so that's one thing we have to worry about. Uh, we have to worry about them uh, attacking the set piece. They do got some good players. Uh, Bale, they have Ramsey's there. So they got a few good players that you have to watch out for because they proved in the past, and as well, they can be dangerous players. Uh, but for me, I feel like the Wales match might be the easiest match, but for me, it all depends on how uh, tomorrow goes. And if Italy do end up topping the group tomorrow and make it to the knockout stages, I can see a lot of like backup players uh, play that game against Wales. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think I do think the meet, the match will mean nothing, hopefully. Uh, yep. I'm confident that it will. But uh, yeah, like you said, I think it will be great to see a lot of the younger guys getting a chance to uh, really prove himself and maybe Mancini will see something in them and be like, oh, I could just kind of knock out stages and just give them a platform to really showcase their talent. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to these next two games. Big, big games for Italy. No matter who we're playing, it could be France, it could be Germany. It doesn't matter. Every game is a big game in the Euros, and that's why we love it. That's why it's competitive, and that's why wins feel so great because uh, there's not that many games, so when you do win, you got to celebrate and have a good time. And, uh, yeah, the Euros is just a great time to bring people together and uh, just uh, celebrate your countrymen. So I'm looking forward to the remainder of the tournament, not only Italy, other games as well. I'm looking forward to France and Germany later on today. Uh, Hungary, Portugal, as a recording, just began. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Hope you guys are too. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week again. Uh, check out our social media, at Sixside Culture, and see you next week. Ciao. Ciao, guys.